the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. From the Gospel read on this Sunday, the 15th chapter of St. Matthew, the 21st and the 22nd verses. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. It's often been said that Christians learn more through the hymns we sing than through the sermons we hear. Well, that's perhaps a humbling thought for preachers like me. But I happen to believe that it's true. We Christians learn more through the hymns we sing than through the sermons we hear. So if you remember nothing else of what I say this morning, remember the words of a hymn which wonderfully expresses the teaching of the gospel that's read on this second Sunday in Lent. Speaking of the Savior, the hymn writer has this to say. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. When darkness veils Christ's lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. And you might say that in the gospel just read, darkness does veil Christ's lovely face. In fact, we see a stern, and unfamiliar Jesus, who when this woman begs for his help, did not answer her a word. Yes, here darkness does veil Christ's lovely face. After a confrontation with the proud, self-righteous scribes and Pharisees, you might call them the religious establishment of Jesus' day, Jesus leaves the familiar neighborhood of Galilee and withdraws to the Gentile region of Tyre and Sidon. And there a Canaanite woman, not a Jew, but a Gentile, comes and pleads for Jesus' help, having no doubt heard about him from those who not only heard his teaching, but had also witnessed his many healings of the sick. 
she addresses him as Lord and Son of David, by that meaning, the long-awaited Messiah and Savior. But Jesus says nothing in response to her plea, and his disciples urge him to get rid of this nuisance. Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman doesn't give up. She comes and kneels at Jesus' feet saying, Lord, help me. And how does Jesus answer her? He says, it is not fair to take the children's bread. And by children, he means the Jews and throw it to the dogs, by which he means Gentiles, like this Canaanite woman. Yes, here darkness veils Christ's lovely face. But the woman still doesn't give up. She instead speaks words of astonishing love and humility. She doesn't contradict Jesus. Instead, she says, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. But then she goes on to say that even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table as if to say, well, as a Canaanite and not a Jew, I'm not much. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Here we see such humility. We see such faith in Jesus. And Jesus replies, O woman, great is your faith. And as St. Matthew tells us, her daughter was healed instantly. So what is the Lord teaching us in this rather difficult story? Three things. First, we learn that we must expect times in our lives when God will seem distant, and strange, when he'll seem to be utterly indifferent to our plight and to our prayer for his help. So it was with this Canaanite woman, and such is the experience of every Christian. And in this story of the Canaanite woman, he's teaching us to trust him no matter what. There is yet another hymn which says, I take the word my Savior taught and trust it, whether felt or not. I take the word my Savior taught and trust it whether felt 
or not. Second, from this story we learn that God never fails to answer our prayers, but he answers them in his own kind and in his own way, even when we seem to be waiting for answers for months or even years. He alone knows what's best for us. He alone knows what's best for us and when. And he knows that at certain times, happy, carefree days can be the greatest danger of all, as we then are so often tempted simply to forget him. And that's why, as I recently mentioned, that in the church's ancient litany, we pray that God would deliver us not only in all time of our tribulation, but also in all time of our prosperity. And never forget this, never forget this, that God always answers our prayers for healing, if not in this world, then in the world to come, when in the resurrection we shall be raised and made whole in mind and body and spirit. The third and final thing, any sufferings we Christians endure are not punishments from God. Because our Savior on the cross bore all the punishment we by our sins have deserved. We do experience the painful consequences of our sins, but this isn't punishment. It's the way in which a merciful Lord permits us to experience sin-sad consequences so that we may turn from them and live. And so when darkness veils Christ's lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace, his mercy, his compassion, his eternal love. For even when the face of Jesus seems to be stern and strange, it's still always the face once crowned with thorns out of love for you and me and the whole lost world. Nobody could literally see God's love in that crucified body 
that thorn-crowned face. But it's there that God's fatherly heart of love is most revealed. And there can be no greater proof of God's forgiving love than the gift he gives at the altar, the truly present body which once hung on the cross, and the outward blood hidden in the consecrated bread and cup. Here truly we taste the goodness of the Lord. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And the peace of God which passes understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.